Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, today we are going to be talking about what it means to live as a child of the Most High God. We must put on the full armor of God as well as walk in the Spirit producing fruit. Amen. Amen. Before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we lift up your holy name today. Hallowed be thy name. Father, we love you. You are everything to us. You are the majestic Lord. You are powerful. You are merciful and compassionate, filled with loving kindness. Father, we give you great honor today. Thank you for giving us victory over the flesh, the world, and the evil one. Thank you, Father, that you have provided the final cure for spiritual, physical, and emotional sickness by sending us a Savior by His stripes. We are healed from sin. Glory be to God. Father, thank you that you never change. Thank you for taking great delight in your children. We will be Nothing without you, Father. Father, it gets emotional sometimes just to think how vast and great and powerful you are, that you know us individually. You you know us better than we know ourselves, for you are our creator. We need to follow you. We need to settle down and buckle up and follow Jesus Christ. 
our Lord and Savior, Father, teach us how to live. Teach us how to think, how to behave. When we were in the world, we did things our way and we failed. But in Christ, we have the victory because of his victory. May we never forget where we've come from and how far we have come from. The glory and the beauty of it all is our future. If we stand firm, if we endure until the end, if we persevere and not turn back, we shall enjoy everlasting life with you, with our Lord in the kingdom. May your kingdom come, Lord. Bless your holy name, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. We must never forget we serve an awesome God. And no, that is not a bumper sticker. That is our life. So today we are going to be talking about that life. Hold on. Let me just put this book up. No, because I need it. The life we live, we don't live. Hold on. I apologize for the noise. I'm trying to get this big book out the way. Listen, the life we live, we don't live it like how we once lived when we were in the world. We live differently now. And so today we are going to be talking about this life because the battles we have, whether it be out in the world or in your own home, we must never forget we have a Savior who has sent us His Holy Spirit. You are not alone. You truly are not alone. So from time to time, we must do teachings on how as born-again children of the Most High God, how we are to live, and what fruit are we supposed to be producing because we are not supposed to produce bad fruit. If you are producing bad fruit, you have a problem. If any one of us produce bad fruit, we have a problem. So we need to check ourselves daily. Examine, like Paul said. You must do examination to see if you are still in the faith. So listen, let us go to Ephesians 6. Starting at verse 10. Because you must put on this armor, okay, mentally, spiritually, 
And if you got some armor in your closet, put it on as a symbol to always remember and never forget. We are in a war with who? This flesh. Listen, the flesh is a contender. It is a bully and it will lead you straight to the pit of hell if we don't kill it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, you got to keep that flesh under subjection. It don't have a say, so don't give it a say. So, if we look at what Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, in essence, he is telling us that we must wrap ourselves in the truth of the Word of God. And he likened this to what a soldier, a Roman soldier, wears. And so, as we will see this outline, we will see what a Roman soldier actually wore. They wore helmets. They wore a breastplate so that any arrows or spears won't pierce vital organs in the chest area. We see a shield. This is not a little shield. This shield was almost from head to toe. And then we see them with a belt or girdle where they will put their daggers in. And then we see their footwear. Some of them had spikes on them. I believe what is called hobs, I believe hobs, where on the sole it will grip in the dirt. Because see, don't forget, these soldiers fought hand-to-hand combat. There were no missiles and cannons and, and jets and guns. They fought hand-to-hand up close. And so they, they had to have a firm footing in the dirt. So let us read. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10 to 18, maybe 19. Let me see. I think it's, I think it's, yep, yep, to 19. So listen, Paul was saying, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. This is the the Amplified, okay? He's telling us that we are to be strong in the Lord and draw our strength from Him and be empowered by our relationship with the Lord. And in and, mm, and in the power of His boundless might. So whatever we go through, The battle is not ours. We put whatever is happening 
in the hands of Christ Jesus. He is more powerful and more mighty than we are. And right, Holy Spirit, this goes with trusting in Him, believing in Him, relying on His strength. We have a master. We are not in this world, this evil, wicked, vile world alone. And then he says in verse 11, right? Put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavenly armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Amen. So how do we put on the full armor of God? Well, we wrap ourselves in the word of God, his precepts, his commands, his instructions on how to deal with evil. Amen. And he tells us we are to submit to him, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen. Listen, again, you and I are in a battle. A battle. Satan wants to take you out. He's mad that you switch teams. You are now in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ and he is commander in chief. We abide in him. Don't leave him. Don't fall away. Don't stray. Don't be like others who have come to Christ and then once the temptation, the trial, the tribulation, the problems, the persecution of being a follower came, they fell away. When the heat got turned up, instead of going to their Savior for help, they went back to self they went back out into the world trying to find answers when the answer was inside of them the whole entire time. Amen. And so verse 12 of Ephesians 6. For our struggle, okay, because we are going to have struggles. Our struggles our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places. Folks, your fight is not with humans. It may seem that way. It may seem that way because their father, the devil, provokes and stimulates them 
to do evil. And, and when we associate with children of disobedience, you are going to have major problems in your life. That is where discernment must come into play. Not everybody gets to be in your life. You must operate with great caution, especially if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Expect contention. Expect persecution. And it will start in your own home. That is why whether you are married, you got kids, you got family, friends, everybody is secondary when it comes to Christ Jesus. He must be the only one that's in authority in your life. Because when you have your spiritual priorities in order, no matter what is going on around you, you will have peace. You may have to deal with the situation, but when we get to the fruit of the Spirit, we will see how we deal when crisis, when problems come into our lives. And no, we don't act out in the flesh. Remember what Paul just told us. Our battles are not with flesh and blood. It is not with people. There's darkness behind all the chaos, all of the problems and situations. And if you are not aware of this biblical truth, you will lose your mind. You will be either suicidal or homicidal. Amen. And so verse 13, therefore, okay, since we know all of that, therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands stand firm in your place fully prepared immovable victorious that is how we approach every crisis we stand firm and having done all that needed to be done regarding that crisis stand firm some more victorious, that no matter what, whether it be a death in a family, whether it be a separation, whether it be a loss, whatever it is, child of God, you stand firm. Therefore, stand your ground like a soldier. Imagine if, right, Holy Spirit, imagine if a soldier has their orders to go out onto the battlefield and deal with the enemy. But because they get a phone call from back home, the baby needs diapers. The baby needs milk. 
the lights got shut off. Do you think that soldier mentally would have the the capacity it needs for him to be on that battlefield and put everything to to the side and do the mission at hand if all there if all what he or she are thinking about are the problems in their personal life. This country will in a handbasket, in a handbasket. So listen. Verse 14. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, which is what? personal integrity, moral courage around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is an upright heart and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to do what? To face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Amen. So when the devil comes with his schemes, devices, and deceit about whatever is going on with you, you stand firm in the word of God. God is my savior. He's my victor. In him I have complete victory. This too shall pass. Seek God's wisdom. Ask him, okay, this situation has presented itself in my life. Lord, tell me how to deal with this. And listen for the answer. Most likely, it will be wait. Have patience. Now, patience According to the fruit of the spirit, it is not <clears throat> it is not waiting like as if you at the motor vehicle agency and you look up the board said number 20. No, number 507 is the next number and you look at your ticket. It says 11. OK, so now having patience to wait for your number to be called no patient means resisting having self-control because see normally you will act out in the flesh giving them the big business okay no it means restraint it means to to have forbearance yeah you could act out but you're not. That's the difference. So above all, verse 16, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Amen. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion, and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance 
and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. Verse 19, and pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly and courageously as I should. Amen. So let's take apart all of the apparel of the soldier who has put on the full armor of God. Well, the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation by believing that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again. Amen. Because you see, this helmet will protect your mind. No matter what is going on, you are holding on to something. You are holding on to the good news that you and I were filthy, wretched sinners on our way to a burning hell. But God sent us a Savior who willingly became a sin offering by committing himself to be crucified on the cross for our sins. And he died and he was resurrected from the grave. Therefore, Christ Jesus is Lord of all. Tell your mind that when the flesh is trying to get the brain to co-sign with the nonsense. No, we put on the helmet of salvation and that is to protect the mind because the battle is in the mind that is why Paul tells us in Romans 12 1 to 2 this mind must be renewed okay it must be renewed to the good news you have been born again put no confidence in the flesh and kill it okay and then we have the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is being honest, good, humble, and fair to others. It means standing up for weaker people. Folks, listen. This breastplate of righteousness, okay, it also protects the heart, which spiritually we know is the the inner man, the new man. The fact that we got the helmet of salvation on, the mind is being renewed. And the breastplate of righteousness now going forward, we are honest people. We are good people. We are humble and fair to others. We seek what is right. We, we are enthusiastic to do good works unto the Lord and to help our fellow man. So if it means standing up for weaker people, then we do that. Amen. And then we have the belt of truth. Because again, folks, listen, back to righteousness. You have to understand this is how we live. 
We live to be right only because of Christ Jesus. Apart from him, Romans 3 tells us, no one is righteous. Not one single person is good. So in Christ, we become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Our way of living is holiness, being separated, being consecrated unto the Lord so that by his spirit, he can teach us and guide us on how to live holy. And by God's grace, it teaches us to reject all ungodliness and immoral desires. And so, When we put on the belt, the belt of truth, truth keeps us from giving into the world's beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because compare your beliefs and actions to the truth of the word of God. Because again, Satan wants you to believe all of his lies, all of his doctrines of demons. That truth is twisted and it is perverted and it is an abomination to God. This world don't know the first thing about values. Not at all. They have worldly values that are superficial. It is all about them. They they put on a good front. As if we are all in this together. No. Uh Uh-uh. No, you do not want to be united with the devil. Because at the end of the day, their their true value is dog eat dog. Let you get into some serious trouble. And you reach out to any one of your worldly friends or worldly family members. The proof will be in the pudding. That is why Jeremiah says to put no confidence in the... Hold on. Let, Let me get the scripture. Hold on. This is what he said in Jeremiah 17, 5. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusted in man and make flesh his arm. And whose heart depart from the Lord. Amen. Listen. We are not to trust any mere mortal flesh. That includes your parents. Your spouse. Your kids. Friends. Family. Our trust should only be in our God. That's it. And then we have the shield of faith. Faith is being sure that God will keep his promises. Faith in God protects when you are tempted to doubt. Amen. And right, Holy Spirit, because if you don't have the helmet of salvation on, you will doubt whether or not you are good enough for the kingdom you are worthy enough for the kingdom and will you inherit the kingdom 
if you don't have that helmet on, renewing the mind, Jesus tells us, the man who endures until the end, that man shall be saved. We just read in Ephesians, right? Because that was Matthew 24, 13. Well, we just read in Ephesians 6, 10 to 19, that we must stand firm. No matter what is happening, lift up that shield of faith. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself, no, I am not going to act out. My God loves me. I'm living right. I'm living clean. I'm living holy. And I will inherit the kingdom of God. And I will stand firm until the end. So when my Lord returns, I will not shrink back because I know I hadn't been living right. Talk to yourself. Put up that shield of faith and know without any doubt that God is faithful. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Amen. And then we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. God's word is our offensive weapon. Amen. Listen, this is why by the Holy Spirit, I always tell us on the podcast, we must be in this word for ourselves. This is a major weapon. Listen, you put down that sword, you are in trouble. You are in trouble, my friend, because let me tell you, there's wolves out there. There are false converts claiming to be sheep. You got ministers coming from the evil camp claiming to be men of God. And all they preach and teach are heresies destructive heresies now, lies, lying on God. They have traditions of men, commandments that don't come from the Holy Spirit, doctrines that come from Satan himself. And all they got to do is start a church, get them a little band and get them a bucket because there, there are no federal regulations in America over these churches so they can set up shop anywhere grab them a Bible and tell you you will be blessed if you bring God money folks this sword right here if if you ask me maybe just one of the most important and vital accessory we have when we put on the full armor you got to be locked and loaded in god's word you have to know thus saith the lord because when they come with twisted cherry-picked scriptures they will get you each and every time listen this is a very very good weapon to have did not our Lord use this weapon against the devil when the devil was tempting him 
What did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. Amen. And so when we tell others what the Bible says, the Holy Spirit helps people see their bad thoughts and actions and make them want to be forgiven. Amen. Right, Holy Spirit. When you hear the true gospel, not that prosperity gospel, not that once saved, always saved, none of that. None of those feel-good, watered-down version, versions of the gospel. The gospel is supposed to prick you. It's supposed to cut you. It should make you offended where you understand God ain't playing with this lake of fire. Jesus died so horrifically on my behalf. What must I do to be saved? Because I understand now I see the ramification of my actions. I'm looking at hell's fire. I don't want to go to hell. I definitely do not want to end up thrown into the lake of fire. So when you come in with that sword in love, but with great boldness, because you understand what that word says and you can yield it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can yield this to prick men's heart. They must be born again. You are in spiritual danger if you don't repent, turn, and go the other way. Show them scripture that tells them how Christ died for them. They are no longer slaves to sin. And that if they die without being in Christ, they will be judged. They face God's wrath and condemnation. Amen. Powerful weapon. Powerful. And then we have the sandals. The feet which are prepared with the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is being right with God. And being contented in troubled times. Jesus said peacemakers are blessed. Amen. Folks, listen, you got to make sure you have peace with God. Okay. You have to know without any uncertainty that you have been reconciled back to God. And the feet of those who spread this good news to others to tell them. Listen, when you tell folk how Christ took our punishment, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses. Listen, when you come with this good news, listen, telling people how we are made right with God peace 
by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, for everyone. Listen, okay, because everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's, excuse me, glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Amen. Listen. God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Tell folks this, that people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Listen, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back, okay, speaking to his forbearance and patience, long-suffering, right? Because he could have wiped us out at the flood, right? How he was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Why? For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Amen. That's Romans 3. What is this? Starting at verse 21 all the way to do, 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 verse 26. Okay. When we come carrying this message with these feet of ours, that's some good news that we are telling people they can be made right with God. So when we put on the full complete armor what we got. We got the helmet of salvation. We got the breastplate of righteousness. We got the shield of faith. We got the belt of truth. We got that sword of the spirit. Amen. And the gospel of peace. Reconciliation with holy God. No longer are you a filthy wretched sinner on your way to a burning hell, but in Christ, we now have peace with God. Amen. And that transcends to your life. Let me tell you, right, Holy Spirit, when you know you are now right with God, oh, you have so much peace in your life because I don't know if you realize this, but when we were in the world, there were there was always like a cloud hanging over our heads. It was always one problem after another. It was one crisis after another. And if you were <clears throat> if you were being crooked, there was always a chance of getting caught. You were always filled with anxiety. If you were a cheater, 
always cheating on your spouse. You always had that cloud hanging over your heads that you're going to get caught. Somebody is going to see you. Did you cover all your tracks? What if the person loves you so much that they will blow up your cover and tell your spouse what had been going on? You were always distressed you were always stressed out about something that's why scripture says the 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 path of the sinner is hard they have a hard way to go but now that you are in Christ peace oh my goodness that surpasses your understanding not only will Things get calmer in your life. You want to know why? Because you now start to snip, snip, and cut, cut away those things you know don't please God. And snip, snip, cut, cut children of disobedience. Oh, the Holy Spirit will have you clean house spiritually and physically. Amen. So, let's talk about some fruit. Okay, because what did John tells us? We must be producing fruit in keeping with repentance. Even even James talked about faith and works. Because folks, listen, the apostate church wants you to believe that all you have to do is believe in Jesus. They teach that You are not saved by works. You are not saved by anything you do. It is a free gift of God by His grace, which is absolutely true. But guess what James said? Because works, good works, I'm not talking about works of the law trying to be made justified in the sight of God by trying to keep the law. There should be good works of righteousness showing up in your life. So he says in James 2, starting at verse 14, What is the benefit, my fellow believers, if someone claims to have faith but has no good works as evidence. What's the benefit? He's saying, what's the point of having faith if there are no works to back up your faith? Amen. Can that kind of faith save him? No, a mere claim of faith is not sufficient. He's saying genuine faith produces good works. Amen. And that's scripture. That's biblical. Because saying you have faith and you don't have to live a life of repentance producing good works. Well, then what's the point of that kind of faith? Because real faith, real faith, according to the scriptures, not what the pastor say, not what you believe it is, Holy Spirit said, genuine faith produce good works. 
Verse 15, listen, if a brother or sister is without adequate clothing and lacks enough food for each day, and one of you says to them, go in peace with my blessing, keep warm and feed yourselves, but he does not give them the necessities for the body, what good does that do? Right, Holy Spirit. James is like, what's the point? What's the benefit of telling someone who who comes to you asking for something? They have a need and you give them a blessing, but you don't give them anything to help them out in their hour of need. Then what was the point of the blessing? What was the point of you telling them, go in peace with my blessing, keep warm? and feed yourselves what's the point of giving them that tiding if you're not going to help them amen so to faith okay it's the same thing with faith if it does not have works to back it up is by itself dead inoperable and ineffective but someone may say you claim to have faith and I have good works. Show me your alleged faith without the works. If you can. If you can. And I will show you my faith by my works. That is by what I do. Amen. So. With that being said. What are some of these works. That. James was mentioning well we know we don't walk by the flesh producing fruit of unrighteousness anymore no beloved you do not we walk by the spirit and therefore we produce fruit of the spirit and so we we can look at Galatians 5 22 to 23 that lists the fruit of the spirit which are love joy peace patience patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control amen how many this is nine right one two three four five six seven eight nine nine okay Some of this fruit, if not all of this fruit, right, should be eventually, eventually showing up in your life. So let's take a look at each of these fruit, right? Love. The definition of love is one who seeks the highest good of others. They are selfless because love, true biblical love not the worldly love where it's all in your flesh and for the most part in your loins. No, we're talking about agape, which is the Greek word for love. Love, according to scripture, is not based on emotions or feelings. It is a decision to be committed to the well-being of others without any conditions or circumstances. Folks, this kind of love comes without strings, no strings attached. This is me loving you, 
showing you godly love without expecting anything in return. I'm only concerned about your well-being. Now, if something comes my way because of that fruit, then that's gravy. But the object the the object of love is you being selfless, looking out for the emotional, physical, spiritual well-being of another. You're not looking at yourself. You ain't looking for something in return. It is all about the other person. Not you. Someone else. Amen. And then we have joy, which is, according to scripture, okay, gladness not based on circumstances. Because you see, there, there's a difference be, between joy and being happy. Being joyful is not based on circumstances, whereas happiness is based on circumstances. So if you are a happy, happy person, once your circumstances changes, if that person starts acting differently, you are no longer happy. Now you are mad. Now you are angry. Now you are depressed. Now you are stressed out. Why? Because your circumstances has changed. Maybe you were, you were happy at the job, your quote-unquote dream job, but for whatever reason, the company had to downsize and you were the first to go. Now you're not joyful. You are angry. You are depressed. You are now filled with anxiety. How am I now going to pay my bills? I don't have a job. Once your circumstances has changed, now your whole attitude and actions will change where joy is more than happiness. It is not based on financial success. It is not based on good health or being popular. It is by believing in God, obeying his will, receiving his forgiveness, participating in fellowship with other believers, ministering to others, and sharing the gospel. Believers will experience joy. Folks, I am a witness to this. Amen. And I believe the Lord gave me this podcast to be a witness of his goodness and what it truly means to be a child of God, to live in constant joy. Now, does that mean nothing happens in my life? No. Does that mean that there are times when I can pull my hair out and scream? Of course. But guess what? Those things never made me happy. So I'm not going to put my emotion into things, temporal things. I understand. Okay, not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody is going to love me. Not coming with this gospel, okay? Um, 
Things may happen on a job. Things may happen with money. Things may happen in this body. I get it now. All those things are temporal. I keep, here we go, right? The helmet of salvation on. That at the end of the day, if I stand firm, if I hold my ground, if I don't give up on Jesus, eternal life is in my future. That's joy. I'm looking forward to obeying God. Receive, now that I received his forgiveness, oh, all I want to do is spread this joy and go out into the streets with great boldness to tell others, you don't have to die in your sins. Amen. And then we have peace. Peace is contentment, unity between people. And what is the greatest peace we can ever have? Peace with holy God. Amen. Folks, listen. Okay. When you know you have peace with God, you move differently in this earth. Oh, yeah. No longer depressed. Now, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. God is going to judge me. But the flesh wants to do it anyway. No. Listen. Peace is a state of assurance, lack of fear, and a sense of contentment. Amen. It is fellowship, harmony, and unity between individuals, and not to mention God, the Lord Jesus. Listen, that's why the Bible says this kind of peace surpasses all understanding. You won't be able to understand how you now having great peace when your spouse is cutting up, when them kids are acting out, when the job is like that boss. One more time, <laughs> she got something to say, okay? No, it, you mellow out. And that's demonstrating one of the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. Listen, peace is freedom from worry and disturbance and oppressive thoughts. See, that's the crux of it all. You got to cast down those negative thoughts. Cast them down. Make your mind obey Christ. We shall live holy. I am not going to worry. I am going to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And whatever I need, it shall be, it shall be given unto me. But I'm not going to take thought about my life. Okay. We all have a brain. We all are living in this physical world, right? So we know we must be stewards over certain things. But I'm not going to let those things stress me out. What keeps it all grounded is when you are living clean, when you are living holy, you are not in willful, deliberate, blatant sin. You can call on God with confidence that he will hear you and he will help you. I am a witness. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know of our great God. He will help you. 
But if you are in sin, you shut down communication. You break covenant. Amen. And then we have patience, which is (laughs) slow to speak and slow to anger. Folks, listen, child of God. Okay, you cannot be having road rage. You cannot be the first time someone gets on your nerves. Here you go acting out. No. Uh Uh-uh. Listen, patience, okay, if you didn't know, is slowness in avenging wrongs. You don't retaliate. So I don't care what he did to you. I don't care what she did to you, my brother. It should not cause you to now want to go and kill him. Absolutely not. Listen, take it as a blessing. If someone cheats on you or, or harms you or robs you, you know, it's a blessing that God got them out of your life because you would have killed them. And then you probably would have killed yourself and end up in hell. Why? Because of another mortal? Uh-uh. It, it ain't worth it. Trust and believe. It ain't worth it. Listen, it is the quality of restraint that prevents believers from speaking or acting hastily in the face of disagreement opposition or persecution patience patience is bearing pain or problems without complaining Uh uh-oh uh-oh somebody's in trouble with that because i know it's some of y'all out there just complaining murmuring god I can't understand why this is happening and you crying like a big old baby. Listen, okay, we all need to grow up. Stuff happens, but it happens all the time. And, and so what? Where, where is the love? Where is the joy? Where is the peace in your life? Don't you have any fruit? any fruit and listen if you already know if you already know stuff is going to happen and when it does you got to be prepared put on your armor see that's the problem half of y'all are walking in this earth naked spiritually naked no wonder stuff bothers you you got to put on the full armor of god knowing battle is around the corner Right, Holy Spirit, because see, the mindset has to be ready, ready for whatever comes your way. Do you think the devil's going to leave you alone? But guess what? He will flee from you when you submit to God, when you submit to the spirit of the living God. The devil can't mess with somebody who in the face of persecution, opposition, and disagreement still project love and joy and contentment. He won't be able to handle you when your beloved firstborn dies. The heart of your soul been crushed. But then after morning, you wake up 
and you get back out there doing the father's business, grief will not have a hold on you. So what? The job fired you. So what? They let you go. Now maybe you got time for for full-time ministry. So no matter what, beloved, is going on, know and understand you have been saved by the grace of God. And that almighty God set aside his deity long enough for the mission at hand to be a sin offering for you. Good news abounds all around you. What you mad for? What what do you got to be angry for knowing you are living clean and holy? Knowing that when Jesus returns or you go by the way of the grave, you're going to see your Savior face to face and inherit the kingdom of God. What you mad for? Listen, shake that off. In closing, we got kindness, which is merciful, sweet, and tender. Are you sweet and tender, Miss Road Rage? <laughs> Are you my brother? Listen, kindness is an eagerness to put others at ease. It is a sweet and attractive temperament that shows friendly regard. Are you always angry? Angry about what? Well, I'm out here preaching the gospel. Ain't nobody listening. So what? You are not the Holy you are not the Holy Spirit to save anybody. We must always understand, folks, listen, it is God who gives the increase. All we are are messengers. Giving them the message. And Jesus already told us the world hates him, so opposition, mock and scoffing is part of it. It's part of it. And so if you don't realize that, listen, understand this. Not everybody loves Jesus the way we do. Okay. Cause see, we got the light and we are trying to give the light to others, others. But Jesus told us in John three, right? People of the world hate the light because of their evil, wicked, worthless activities. So it's to be expected. Okay. Goodness means generous and open hearted. Goodness is the selfless desire to be open hearted and generous to others above what they deserve. <sighs> did, did you just hear that? Okay. So now we see where we as children get this from. We get this from God. His mercy, his goodness given to us when we don't even deserve it. So we give this same fruit to others. Even when they don't deserve it, we are kind anyway. We are kind to the cashier who obviously has a problem with their lives. And so they are just mad at the world and they talk crazy to you. Instead of you not exhibiting self-control, you act out and give them the business. No, 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 no. We exhibit the fruit of goodness, giving to others what they don't deserve because we are open-hearted. We are good-hearted 
What else it says? We are generous, right? Right? We we desire to be filled with kindness. So even though you are you are treating me like I'm a I'm a bug under your your foot, okay? I'm still going to treat you with the utmost respect. Why? Because I'm a child of God. And if you got two seconds, I can preach to you the great gospel. You don't have to be so mean and nasty. Amen. You can actually come on over here into this kingdom and be saved. Yeah. And then we have faithfulness. Faithfulness is dependable, loyal, and full of trust. Faithfulness is firm devotion to God, loyalty to friends, and dependability to carry out responsibility. Uh, responsibilities. Faith is the conviction that even now God is working and acting on our behalf. Amen. So again, no matter what is happening, you remain faithful to Jesus. I told y'all, the Holy Spirit prompted me to always open up the podcast with that. Never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Remain faithful. Don't fall away like other false brethren. Remain faithful. And then we have gentleness. Gentleness is humble calm and non-threatening don't tell me you are a child of the most high god and you roll up on me in a threatening manner Uh uh-huh that's another story for another day gentleness okay is a humble non-threatening demeanor that derives from a excuse me from a position of strength and authority and is useful in calming another's anger gentleness is not a quality that is weak and passive because people think that anyone who is meek cuz see meek is what gentle what gentleness is right Meek doesn't mean well. I'm a I'm a doormat or or I'm a, I'm a pushover. No, it's that I'm coming to you in a non-threatening demeanor. I I am looking to calm you down. You need to calm down. Okay, it's not that deep. And not only that, but I'm humble. Listen, I walk in quietness, humbleness. I don't get all riled up, even though some thoughts may come into my head to give them the business, but I remind myself, no, I'm not doing that. God will avenge. He will deal with his enemies. So no longer do we have to hit the streets and rail and and protest and demand justice. No, for what? All that is, is working up your flesh in anger, hatred, just being, wanting to affect change when you already know Jesus told us what's going to happen in the future. 
okay people will become lovers of themselves listen this world is on the fast track straight to hell so why get caught up in their values because we already know what their values are all about and they are not godly listen stay humble stay true in your devotion to the living god and last but not least we have self-control lord jesus we all better have this fruit right here okay if nothing else out of the nine you must have self-control self-control is going to no no not having self-control is going to lead all of us straight to hell listen self-control is all about behaving well it's about it's about restraining our own emotions actions and desires and to be in harmony okay to have self-control is to be in harmony with the will of God. Self-control is doing God's will, not living for ourselves. Folks, all you got to do, okay, is read those works of the flesh. All of that is about not maintaining self-control. Okay? So listen, folks. There we have it. Living the life of a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is truly a blessing. It requires restraint, not by our will, but the will of the Father. We need His Holy Spirit. His, His Holy Spirit helps to restrain us by keeping the mind on the Word of God. And what I've come to realize now that I'm truly born again, because I don't know what I was doing since 2002, calling myself a believer. Anyways, y'all check, check the pot list. I already talk, talked about my, um, how come I can't get these words out? I already talked about my, my testimony. Listen, being a child of God means we must strive to enter the narrow gate we cannot be thinking about self we must have self-control you have to realize you are not your own you have been bought with a huge price from heaven Christ's precious blood was shed for you therefore you are no longer a slave to sin. You are a bond slave to our master, Jesus Christ. Righteousness is now our master. So we use these bodies as instruments for righteousness, not for unrighteousness. Fruit must show up in your life that will testify to the faith you say you have because how would we know you have faith if we don't see any works how will we know that you have genuine faith if what we see you cutting up you got anger issues you you are not meek whatsoever you are not humble you only do 
things for people to get something in return. That is not how we are to live. Listen, Jesus said we can judge, okay, a tree by the fruit it bears. Are you bearing fruit of the Spirit? Or are you bearing fruit of your flesh? And this is what you must look at in your life. What fruit are you bearing? Because let us not forget. I'm going to say this one thing and I'm going to let you go. Jesus will judge us by the fruit we bear. What did he tell us over here? Jeremiah 17, 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the what? Fruit of his doings. Amen. And let us, please, I cannot let you go without reminding us about the books. Books of our lives are being recorded in heaven. Don't believe me? Revelation 20. Let's look at Mm-hmm. Verse 12, right? John, who was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, was given this end time vision of the great white throne. Final judgment. Jesus will take his seat on his throne, ready to judge the inhabited world in righteousness. So he says in Revelation 20, 12, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books, mm-hmm, the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Let me say that again. The dead were judged, see, whether good or bad, folks, judged out of those things which were written in the books. Heaven is recording everything we are doing, good or bad, and writing them in these books according to their works. And then he says, if we come to verse 13, at the end of verse 13, okay, and they were judged. Because, okay, let me just take it from verse 13, okay. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, verse 15, was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Amen. So consider these things, beloved, as you walk this earth as a child of the living God. To go along with your faith in order to prove that it is genuine, you must have works. 
to back it up. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit that by him, by his leading and teachings, we will produce these good fruits. We see these fruits in you. We see goodness. We see patience. We see love. We see forbearance. We see kindness. We see goodness. We see gentleness. We see self-control. We see joy and peace. We see it all. So if we are your, your children, then we should exhibit these same fruits in our lives. So Father, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I pray for myself that we produce fruits of righteousness, fruit of the Spirit. No longer do we produce works of the flesh, fruits of darkness. May it be far from us. In the name of Christ Jesus, bless your holy name. Father, we lift up holy hands to you and we give you glory. We give you honor, recognition, and all of our acts of worship and obedience. We love you and we do not find your precepts and commands to be burdensome. Not of not at all. We need them to guard rail our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Lord. All right, folks. Well, there we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses. Arise to righteousness as you ought to and stop sinning. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 to 34. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.